sing here. I will believe for greater things. Amen. Because God's not finished. And what he started. I believe that this morning. I will believe for greater things. There's no power like the power of Jesus. Let faith arise. Let all agree. There's no power like the power of Jesus.
Beloved, nothing is new under the sun, saith the Lord. Evil entered into the hearts of men. Sin was born in the garden. Every imaginable evil has been played out down through the history of time. I say unto you, man has sought great riches. Men today still seek the things of materialism in this world. But the end of their life they are found wanting. But I say to you this morning, the child of the Most High God, who walks in meekness and lowliness, his end is great, his end is marvelous. When he comes to the end of his day, he knows that his, his gift is eternity with Jesus Christ the Lord. I say unto you this morning, hold loosely to the things of this world, and hold greatly to the things of God. I say unto you this morning, imagine, I want you to examine your heart this morning. What are you going after, saith the Lord? What is in your heart? What is the most important thing in your heart? I say to you this morning, seek God while there is time. Seek God on behalf of your families and in your loved ones and your neighbors. I say to you this morning, seek and grab hold of the things of God, because the coming of the Lord is at hand. Amen. Ryan, your God. I have taken the Israelites out of the land of Egypt. Did I not take care of them? Did they not get sick or die of disease or any plague come against them? Should I not take care of you also? Should I not be your God in your heart? Where do I stand with you today in your heart? I ask you today to stir up the spirit that is given you by the Son and the blood of Jesus who died in the finished work of Him on the cross. Stir it up today that you know that I am your God. I will take you out. Carry your burdens. Lay them before me. Do not carry them, for I am your God. I am strong when you are weak. Lay your burdens at my feet. Give them all to me. Do not hold on against them. And love your brothers as you have loved, I have loved you. Love one another and pray for them, for the time is near, saith the Lord. Precious Lord. Let's stand to our feet and give the Lord praise this morning. Hallelujah.
stand. Give the Lord praise this morning. God is speaking to our hearts today, reminding us of the eternal. He's reminding us of our hearts and how we need to trust in God. We need to give Him praise. Would you like to give a volume of praise, Pentecostals, this morning? Hallelujah. For those of you that are visiting with us, this is new to you. You're wondering what's transpiring. Well, we believe according to the Word of God that the gifts of the Holy Spirit, He uses people to speak in other languages. Then to be interpreted, He also encourages us in gifts of knowledge, wisdom, discerning of spirits, the gifts of prophecy. God is admonishing us this morning to set our eyes on that which is eternal. Hallelujah, Bernison, what a lovely name, the name of Jesus. You're here this morning and you recognize your life is not right with God. And you realize that you need to set your eyes upon the eternal and hear the voice of God. Will you just step out and come and we'll pray with you. Your life will be transformed as we sing this together. We stand on the word of God this morning.
really speaking to me? Yes, he is. He's speaking at this moment. Will you come? So we give you another opportunity. We sing this wonderful chorus together. The things that are eternal, dear God. Yes, 
Spirit we learned about last Sunday. Anybody really loud on the count of three? One, two, three. Love. Love, exactly. Today we're learning about the fruit of joy. We have a one-minute little video there to talk to you about the fruit of joy. If we could roll that one.
right. Who have we missed? Do we have everyone? A year ago, this was a fairly simple thing for me to do in my day. 
Not so today. Because I get out of my car and I sprint up to the door because I rarely walk slowly and I put my hand on the handle, wait for it, you all know what I'm going to say and I realize I've forgotten my mask. So I shake my head a few times and, spot and just mumble under my breath a little bit and I sprint back to my car to retrieve forgotten masks. I enter Dollarama, totally focused on what I'm doing. And because I have no sense of direction on a good day, I realize that I am indeed going against the arrows. And I've gotten a few slight nods over that and a few sputtering people that have not appreciated it. And I've realized and I apologize that I am indeed going the wrong way. I fight with the arrows during my entire shopping experience only to line up, get to the cashier, and wait for it, you all know what I'm going to say, and realize I've forgotten my reusable shopping bags. How many of you have done that? <laughs> you see, life is now complicated. I've got too many things to remember. But I've realized in all of this that if this is all I have to complain about, then life for me is also very good. Amen? 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 Because sometimes we get caught up in all of this. I've determined that no matter how complicated life gets, how many masks I have to wear, how many arrows I have to follow, and how many reusable shopping bags I have to carry with me, one thing in my life is stable, it is simple, and it is sure, and that is my faith in Jesus Christ. So this morning, I choose to believe. You see, we make choices daily. Most of the choices that we make are without a second thought. However, I believe we are living in a day when we need to daily renew our determination to choose to believe that God is in control. We have to renew our determination to choose to believe that God is greater. That God is supreme. That God goes before us. That God is all-powerful. And that God never fails. And this is what we as a church and a body of believers have to position our minds to choose to believe that God is greater. Let's go back to the book of Isaiah. The children of Israel had failed God miserably. Every time he blessed them with good things, they returned to him evil things. We read, God gave them the temple, they gave him idol worship. God gave them truth, they lived and proclaimed a lie. God gave them his commands, they actually lived like they were suggestions. God gave them wealth, they used it to abuse the poor. God gave them himself, they gave him nothing. The children of Israel did nothing. To, reserve, to deserve to receive anything from God, but yet he still loved them, and he earnestly wanted to help them change. Amen. Our verse this morning says, forget the former things, yeah. do not dwell on the past. You see, God was not condemning them for their past. They could do nothing to change it. Instead, God was holding out the hand of hope Start over. Amen. The Christian life 
that prize. And that's how I want to run life's race, you see. I want to choose to believe that God goes before me and that God is in control. And this is what we have to consciously do in our minds. In Philippians 3.12, and we already read a part of this verse, Paul says, not that I have already obtained all this, or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. You see, dwelling on the past, sometimes we're all good at it. I'm a firm believer today that the past has shaped me into who I am today. And as I reflect upon my life, I see God's hand of faithfulness over and over again. I see, and I don't have time to park here very long, I would love to, but I don't have time. But as I reflect, I, I see mentors in my life. People that took the time to, to pour into me and to tell me that, you know what, when you mess up, it's not game over. But it's okay. You can make a mistake. You can still be a child of the king and make a mistake. Yeah. I have I look back over my life in the past and I see lessons that I've learned from hard trials and hard mistakes that I've made. But I've learned so many lessons in those valley experiences. Isaiah is not telling us to forget the past as in wiping it from our memory because a lot of good can be learned from the past. But he is telling us not to allow the past to cripple us or hold us back from enjoying the blessings of God in our lives. And this is what we have to remember today. We've already read it. The Christian life is like a race. We run daily. We are running to hear the words, well done, that good and faithful servant. But Paul tells us that as we run, we are to forget those things that are behind. Firstly, this morning, as I run the race, I choose to believe that my failures are in the past. Yes. I choose to believe that my failures are in the past. In Isaiah, God through the prophet Isaiah says, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. Many times we are caught in the trap of dwelling on former things that play havoc in our lives. Past mistakes, Past choices that have left painful consequences. Past conflicts. We can find ourselves caught up in the former things that God wants us to forget. One writer said we need to guard our lives to ensure that we are not controlled by things that Jesus
God. You see, when studying the Bible, we see that God used the least likely people to do some of the most amazing things for him. He chose the adulterer, the murderer, the thief, the prostitute. They are examples for us that if God in his written word can use those yes, that stumble and messed up miserably, then I am here to tell you this morning that God can use you no matter what you've done, yes, no matter where you've been, no matter how long you've done it. I want to remind you today that we are to forget the former and we are to move ahead in victory in the name of Jesus. Galatians 2.20 tells me I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who lives, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. You see, Isaiah says in 43.25, we read it there, I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake and remembers your sins no more. Church, we need to learn to put the past behind us. Yes, amen. Behind us. Behind us. Praise God. So we may ask the question, and I've been asked before, even in recent days, how can God possibly forgive me? After all I've done, how can God forgive me? There's hope, my friend. Yes. According to Lamentations 3, God's mercy is new every morning. I stand on this verse. And the Lord tells Jeremiah in Jeremiah 31, 34, he will forgive their iniquity and will remember their sins no more. He told Isaiah in 118, though your sins are scarlet, they will be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they will be
be continually looking behind us at what we have done and not looking at what God has done yeah. and what God will do, then we are going to stumble and we are going to lose our course. That's right. This is why God says through the prophet Isaiah, forget the former. Maybe. Forget the former. One writer said, if you are continually looking behind, you cannot see where you are going. If you are continually looking behind, you cannot see where you are going. I believe this morning that I am amongst a group of blood-bought believers in yes, Jesus Christ yes. who know that their sins are gone. Amen. Amen. How many of you know that this morning? Yes. You know that you know that you know that your sins are gone in the key of D. Let's see the key of D. Faithfulness to us. Today I choose to 
Numbers 13, 27, 28, we read, we went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. They also reported on the resistance, but, or nevertheless, one verse says, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. And we see very quickly in our scripture that they fed on fear instead of on the faithfulness of God. As a result, they spent 40 years in the wilderness instead of enjoying the land that God had for them. I challenge you, Church of God, I challenge you this morning, let's feed on God's faithfulness rather than the tremendous task that may seem to be for us. Because no matter what happens, no matter what happens in this world, my God is always, always faithful. Amen. And we ask the Holy Spirit to bring to our remembrance the times that God has been faithful to us. And you know what? As you do that, you will find your faith renewed and surging to new heights. I am so thankful today for the faithfulness of God in my life. As I look back over my life, I see the hand of God time and time and time again. You see, God is always faithful. His word tells me that he never changes. He never fails. Sometimes we sing about the faithfulness of God. There is one little song that we used to sing way back when, and we've even sung it recently probably, that I have trouble singing. You see, I like old music. I like new music. I learned a long time ago in my life that it's not about what I'm singing, it's about who I'm singing to, amen? And if it glorifies Jesus Christ, then I will lift up a volume of praise. There's a little song that I have trouble singing. It says, He's never failed me yet. I don't like that word yet. And I looked it up in the dictionary, and yet, one definition of the word yet is up until the present. Well, I'm here to tell you this morning that my God has never failed me. There is no yet. There is no doubt. There is no doubt. If I asked you this morning, have you washed your car? You would say, well, I haven't yet. What would that lead me to believe? I haven't yet, but I'm going to. My God has never, ever failed me. He's never failed me. That is the end of the sentence. He's never failed. He has not failed. He cannot fail. He will never fail. My God is always faithful. Amen. You see, God's faithfulness is not up for debate. It's not up for discussion. It's not up for opinions. He has never failed me. And I want to remind you this morning that he will never fail you, child of God. God will never fail you. The psalmist said in Psalm 36, 5, Your mercy, O Lord, is in the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the clouds. In Lamentations we read, 
23, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is always faithful. Can we bring our hands together and thank you for his Beat it. 
because I am no longer a slave, but I am a child and an heir. Galatians 4, 7 tells me, so you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if you are a son, then you are also an heir through God. Greater things are ahead because I am a citizen of heaven. Amen. We read this morning in Philippians 3.20, but our citizenship is in heaven. And we also await a savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. That is why when we will gather tomorrow and we will gather on Wednesday to lay precious saints in Mother Earth, we rejoice because our citizenship is in heaven. And we rejoice because God is preparing a place for those that love and serve Him. Greater things are ahead because I have been brought near to God by the blood of Christ. Ephesians 2.13 But now in Christ Jesus, you who used to be far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. I'm almost finished. I'm talking really fast to get all this in. Greater things are ahead because 2 Timothy 1 and 7 tells me that I am no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. Can we say that together? I am a child of God. I am a child of God. And because we are children of God, there are greater things ahead. And I choose to believe that this morning, in the face of the enemy, that my circumstances will not defeat me. Because there are greater things ahead for me. Ephesians 1 and 7. There are greater things ahead because I am redeemed. I am forgiven by the grace of Christ. In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of our sins according to the riches of His grace. When we know who we are through Christ, I am not defeated. I am more than a conqueror. I am a blood-bought child of God. And I'm here to remind you today that as we choose to believe for greater things, we trust God with everything in our lives. Yeah. When we trust, there are greater things ahead. Can you hit me the key of C very quickly? And I can trust you.
Buford, would you be so kind, sir, to lead us in prayer, asking God's blessing upon us. Once he prayed, we'll dismiss, and you just have to leave through the same door that you came in this morning, God. Father, we just thank you this morning for your presence with us in this place. And Lord, we have long ago made up our mind that we're going to trust you. Yeah. We're going to trust you, Lord, in all the situations of life because, Lord, we know that you're able to keep that which we have committed unto you against that day. Oh, I just thank you, Lord, for your presence, your power, and your might. And Lord, we're looking forward to that day when Jesus will return. Gather his people unto himself. Lord, in the meantime, we have chosen to believe, Lord, that what you've spoken will be fulfilled like Paul. When he was in that terrific storm, you sent an angel, Lord, and told him that everything was going to be okay. He stood before those people the next day and said, I believe God. Then it shall be just like it was told, Lord. And we believe, Lord, because your word is told us. We believe your word and we stand upon your word. And we thank you, Lord, for such a wonderful, victorious Savior that we have. That he's going to keep.